It's uh, 3.30 Saturday afternoon, August 28th, 2021, and I am sitting in a comfortable chair in uh, Bluffers Park on the cat side. This is where Tommy lives. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there listening who knows about Tommy, but he's the uh, black cat who lives here and has been looked after. There used to be a whole, I forget what you call a, a group of cats, a herd, I suppose, Uh, And they were all adopted one by one and uh, found homes for. But a couple, just two, it seemed they loved it out here, living in the rocks. And they're well-fed. So Tommy has keepers who feed him every day. And also knows people in the houseboats, and they feed him too. And um, apparently he just had surgery for, I don't know, leukemia or something that... If it was my cat, I'm afraid the cat would just be put down with a lot of tears, but uh, would not be sending him off to London, Ontario for expensive surgery. So that cat is now back in the keeper's home and uh, in isolation for two weeks uh, to get rid of, I guess, the radiation that the cat may have. I don't know. That, That was the story. And I imagine there was some great expense at having all that done. Uh, Anyway, that's a side story, but it's part of, you know, this park has many places. This is Bluffers Park, of course. I'm facing, from this side, I've got my deck chair out. And uh, I'm facing the boat launch area. And that's also where all the uh, sea-doos go into the water. They've been going back and forth. Uh, and you can see the hill coming down. It's absolutely, it's a spectacular view. It really is. Uh, looking over at my favorite weeping little tree on the other side of this inlet. Um, the thing is, it's just a, I'm just fortunate to be here. I mentioned last time I started a podcast a week ago. I put it out yesterday. And I couldn't get into the park. Police had it blocked off and I just couldn't enter, and I ended up recording from the cemetery across the other side of Kingston Road. Uh, Today, when I saw the police block, I thought, I'm going to try from the side roads like a lot of other cars were doing. So I followed a trail of a dozen cars down one road and along another. And, of course, at that end, as it gets to this main road into the park, there was another police officer in car, and they were just turning people around, saying, no, sorry, sorry. But if you had a boat on a trailer, uh, you could get in. They would let the boats in. And I felt a little... Is sheepish the right word? Mm, I don't know. It was questionable, but I pointed to my handicap sticker this time, which I've done before, and said... Uh, do you think there's any handicap parking? And she said, oh, sure, there should be. And waved me through. And I, and I, you know, we had a little chat. I said, I don't envy your job. And she said, oh, I get to talk to people. And big, smiling, young female police officer. 
So I don't feel too bad. I mean, there's plenty of room. I mean, in this parking lot, there's lots of parking. It's just they're they're trying to limit the flow, and so it's hit and miss. Uh, And I'm still seeing cars coming down that hill and coming in, but I guess they don't want this to be a super spreader. Now, here's a guy. Well, there's two sea dudes just coming in, and this one guy has gone back and forth half a dozen times just revving the engine. I I think he just wants attention. But uh, anyway... Enough said. You know how I feel about Sea-Doo's. Um, I've got something else to talk about. Here's a message from Tom Luciero, owner of the Fog Lounge. Congratulations on the award. That's pretty special, says Tom. And uh, I will reply to him later. Um, this is the community award that... Um, I received for uh, from the podcasting community uh, the Goyetch Award for Community for 2021. Uh, I've known about this for a while, but uh, I had to prepare a little thank you speech. And then last night they had the they streamed the Canadian Podcast Awards, and mine was at the end. I was introduced by uh, Mark Levis. Thank you, Mark. And uh, who was in Valleyfield for some reason, my old hometown, which I believe shaped my character to quite some extent. Twisted it, if anything. And uh, I don't know why Mark was there, but uh, anyway. So, I mean, it was an honor. The Goyetch Award for Community, named after Bob Goyetch, if you're uh, not familiar with Canadian podcasting history. And he's the one who definitely got me started. And uh, his wife, Kat, posted, uh, Bob would have been pleased, and I had to write back to thank Kat, because when I made my first podcast, at at the beginning, I mean, I didn't even know how to release them uh, as an XML file, and all that you do to actually get people to subscribe to your podcast. Anyway, Kat said, um, congratulations, Bob would be pleased. And I wrote back, thanks, Kathy. You played a huge part in my start when I sent you my first podcast on a CD. Long live the Catfish Show. And she replied, hey, 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 because that was the the call-in for the Catfish Show. Uh, Bob was always behind the scenes in that show and was making dry comments. Bob was, again, such a lovable, wonderful, one-of-a-kind man, loved by all. Uh, just those rare qualities in a human and uh, taken too soon. But anyway, so, I mean, that makes the award a little more special, uh, being in his name. And I guess before me, well, it was named after Bob, and then I believe Anthony Marco won, and then uh, Mark Blevis, and uh, now myself. So it is, uh, you know, it is a great honor. But um, I could not resist. It was a nice picture of me, very flattering. I don't look like that now. Um, that I posted on my Facebook page. And I have never had as many uh, likes and loves as I've had for this particular post. It's right up there, 62 and counting. And a lot of comments uh, from people who don't know me as a podcaster, don't know my podcast, certainly don't listen, but know it's, uh, it's an award. So it's great. It's excellent. It's wonderful. I'll remember this. I treasure this. And yet, at the same time, uh, taking any kind of a compliment is is difficult. 
and uh, awkward, creates odd feelings of unworthiness. Uh, it's like, you know, I, I, I always go back to being promoted to the uh, patrol leader of the Eagle Patrol when Ross McIntosh left the Scouts. And since I was the one longest-serving Scout, um, I was just naturally made the, the patrol leader. And I just I just wasn't the leader type. I, I mean, I probably quit shortly after. But I mean, it's it's one of those things that sort of that haunts you. I, I think it haunted me because I think there is a case, and I'm sorry, good listeners will may remember this, when another scout's mother who thought her son was much more deserving may have made a comment in my presence or to my mother or something or other that her son should have been the leader, something like that. Uh, it's just, you know, these little things that are the little glowing lights in your memory, they don't go out, they don't go away, they're just hanging there and they're not connected to anything else, but every once in a while... Uh, somebody might say something nice about you and, and you you get that I am unworthy, I am undeserving feeling. It's uh, There's a mistake and uh, they only gave it to me because, uh, well, who else was there kind of thing. But uh, anyway, I shouldn't be like that. I don't want to be like that, but it is with a certain degree of uh, embarrassment. At the same time, <laughs> I'm... Uh, I, I'm I'm feeling very proud, too, for the number of people who wouldn't know me as a podcaster or would never think of me in that sense. Uh, suddenly saying, wow, congratulations, you know. Um, and this wonderful one from David Simpson. Artists and weirdos make the world go round. That's a great comment. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's what happened. That's what's going on, and it'd be ridiculous if I put out a podcast without uh, doing that. In fact, this will probably be even the picture for the uh, for this podcast. But I will get on to other things, so this is not going to be just me talking about, hey, hey look what I got. But uh, I did thank John Lashinsky through the party I was at two weeks ago for uh, doing all the putting together the video. He did an amazing job, like... For each category, like business or this, like for the business, he was standing on, um, you know, the business street in Toronto, Bay Street, I guess. And for something else, he was in another spot wearing a different suit or jacket, shirt. Um, He really put a lot of time and effort into this, and I don't think he gets enough credit and thank yous for uh, all that he does for the community. So he, if anybody is deserving. Uh, he would have my vote right now for the next one. The Bob Ge- the Goyetch Award for Community. That should go to John Lashinsky. Okay, so... Uh, I'm feeling tired. I brought my books with me. I think I'm just going to sit and chill and read and uh, enjoy this beautiful breeze. But that's all I wanted to do today. I just... I've got back to watching... Um, Downton Abbey and enjoying it. It was a whole season I hadn't seen and that's been kind of fun to get the same characters back. They were, they, were, they played the part so well. The acting was good and, uh, and you know it's you, you think back to those times wow, you know, having to call the person you're working for milady all the time my gosh 
But uh, that was the way it was. Hey, thank God the world has changed. But it's uh, we got billionaires we got to get rid of, and I don't mean kill them. I just mean take their money and put it towards the common good. So uh, yeah, Scarborough dude, signing out to you from uh, Bluffers Park. I'm just going to get into my a little bit more of my Isaac Asimov. Uh, the Foundation uh, series. Bye for now. A ding, a ding, a ding. Chick, chick, chick. It is uh, six o'clock, and I am still here at um, oh, this beautiful park. There's a breeze coming off the water. It's really quite, uh, quite lovely. Now, uh, clouds have rolled in a little bit, so I, it was a perfect, perfect afternoon for just sitting in the sun, feeling a nice breeze, and reading, and uh, counting all the likes I'm getting on my Facebook page. Still coming in. I, I feel a little embarrassed about. It. Well, not embarrassed. Uh, no, but like I, it's like when you know I refuse to allow anybody to post happy birthday greetings on my Facebook page and this is starting to feel like people see oh so all these people said congratulations Ken so I'm getting an awful lot of congratulations Ken um, I prefer a personal message and it's you know hey hey I'm happy to have it this acknowledged but you know what I mean um I want communication. <laughs> now, there are two of these things. I've been calling them sea-doos, and I, I think I, the proper term is jet-ski. There they go. Um, it's, just, it's constant. And I guess my beef is... Well, I, I don't think of them as being environmentally friendly. But it's not just that. It's, it attracts... It's a, it's a statement on our culture and society because it attracts a person who what do they what do they want well i want that thrill of speed and and yeah i get that i mean i like used to like driving fast in a car so uh, I, i'm i'm trying to justify an argument in favor of canoes and kayaks and it's hard um with canoes and kayaks you you're, you're in touch with nature, you're you're looking at things, you're you're admiring the beauty, you're feeling the waves, you're watching the other birds in the water, you're you know here it's difficult because you've got all these bloody waves from people zooming their jet skis past you. But I guess what I'm getting at is if it, it's just a reflection of our culture. Hey, I want the thrill, I don't care how much it costs or what fuel it uses I just want to make that loud noise and have fun and get an immediate rush a physical rush of doing this and uh, you know I don't have an argument against that I, I, I thought I did I wanted to that's why I got back on and as I say these words it's just harder and harder to hold my position but to me <laughs> there's a sadness to it it's like you know the crap it's like crap TV shows. Well, people watch it because it's entertaining. It's funny. It's a cheap laugh. It's a sexy girl. Whatever it is. As opposed to 
a movie or a film or something that might have some sensitivity to it, some some depth, some warmth. There's been a few scenes in Coronation Street lately that have, you know, just had you on the on me on the verge of tears. They've they're acted so well. And it, it's you know, that's different from the cheap laughs. And I guess I'm concerned about our culture overall. It's just is is based on cheap thrills. Maybe that's it. Cheap thrills. And uh yeah, anyway. That was a waste. I thought I would make a point and uh I think I failed entirely, but anyway, um Yeah. Yeah. I got more to say, but not now. Bye for now. Interesting movies I've been watching lately. So every time I'm tempted to, you know, just zone out on the TikTok or the Instagram or whatever, I instead of been going to the YouTube TV, which is what we watch, and I've been recording movies on TCM and just watching movies and uh, just enjoying that a great deal. So uh, that's how I spend my time. And guess what's coming today in the mail? Uh, waiting for now two. It is showing that they will be delivered this afternoon via UPS. So Ken's brand new second book of letters, I had finished the first book of letters really just the last couple of weeks, and I added it to Goodreads because it was done on Goodreads. And, you know, I had really tried to space it out where I would read a letter or two a week, and then I just started reading the book like I do all books. I just started reading it, like going crazy where I was. I was really trying to space it out until the new one came out. Once I heard there was a new one coming out, and then I was like, nah, you know, I want to go ahead and finish. You know, there was, there was a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. If you've not read, if you've not read "Waiting for Now," the first one, uh, there are there's a lot of stuff in there. A lot of stuff I learned about Ken. A lot of stuff that uh, a lot of great observations. Uh, you travel all over the world via, via these letters. I found it very interesting, and and. Uh, Yes, there's touching moments and there's touching uh, thoughts and um, reminiscences, especially about Ken's parents, you know. And it kind of reminds me of what I went through losing, uh, you know, my mother and everything else. But there's also multiple just laugh out loud moments of things that he <laughs> observes, he observes, notices that I think a typical person may not. And then documents these things, and they're just hilarious. Yeah, so I highly recommend it, and I look forward to getting the second one. It's a shame I can't get these signed, and I've thought about sending him some book plates. And then to have him sign them so I can glue them into my books. Uh, it's crazy to think that, you know, we can't go to Canada, or well, I guess you can now, kind of. But, you know, we used to be able to travel, we used to be able to see other people. A ding, a ding, Hello, and welcome back to uh, the Dixon Chains podcast. A number... Ooh, it's a palindromic wonder. Number 858. Yes, indeed. And uh, it is for, or starting, September 1st, 2021. September 1st. Oh, my God. August is gone. What happened? It's uh, just a most amazing thing to uh, see how time disappears behind you. My gosh, 
I'm sitting on a bench in the Rosa McLean Rose Garden. It's a park. It's a huge park right on Lake Ontario, uh, just off Kingston Road. And I chose a bench that's just uh, in the shade, surrounded by gorgeous tall trees. Um, but, of course, it's on a pathway, so uh, I may, my voice may go silent for a little bit when somebody passes by. But for now, we're okay. It's a weekday, and it's quiet. It is Wednesday. And my God, what a wonderful way to start September and um, get on with things. So, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yesterday, the end of August, was one of those horrible days that just started off full of tension. Um... Was it yesterday or was it the day before? I don't know now. It's in the past. It doesn't matter. Uh, But there was just some stress. My wife was trying to do something in the morning before I had my coffee. I wasn't in any condition to help her. It was kind of important uh, about renewing a uh, permanent resident card. She's not a citizen of Canada yet and is thinking about it. But uh, to do that, on the Japan side, you have to give up your Japanese citizenship. And I think that's a, a, a big choice. Apparently, even if you do, you can maybe get it back. So uh, it should always be an out. You know, who knows what's going to happen? She's only, uh, she's going to be 60. Yeah. So um, she's got a long life ahead of her. The people she's working with are, you know, 90 and 100. Uh, But uh, anyway, there is some tension you know, involved in trying to solve a problem on computers. And and Naoko does not have a good track record with computers and passwords and things. And and she excels at everything else. But, you know, everybody has their weak spots. And uh, although she would maybe want to argue the point, she would have no solid ground because um, it's just things just don't always work out anyway. Uh, there were things to do that involved uh, multiple, uh, a lot of steps, none of which could be done at, you know, eight in the morning when she's got to get ready for work. Somehow, uh, in time, everything got resolved, uh, and the thing that was needed, a receipt from the government of Canada that had to be photocopied and sent off in a package, all was done God, how she would hate me sharing even this amount of information. But everything got done. And in fact, this morning, my first job for the day was to uh, get it in, get it uh, posted. And I did that with the tracking records that somebody would have to sign for. Because these days, Canada Post is a mess with COVID and, and uh, just any number of issues. And, and letters taking forever to arrive, uh, if ever. Uh, things have been lost. Um, anyway, this is something we did not want lost. So I've got a. I, I, she said, "Oh, she could just post it at work. Just put a stamp on it. It'll be fine." That's true in Japan. It's not true in Canada. So I did. I have a little discount card for a small business, and uh, managed to uh, get that mailed. And then my second chore, and I don't even know where this came from. So anyway. The day started off well, and she came up with the idea, I believe it was this morning. Oh, my son has gone away to his girlfriend's cottage for a couple of nights. Uh, 
Um, why don't we get uh, takeout for um, from Niji? Niji is our go-to Japanese restaurant here in Scarborough. It's very good. Uh, and if you order the lunch special, the prices are very, very reasonable, as long as it's picked up by 3 o'clock latest. That's a close-off. Well, that's pretty good. So if she's home at 5, you know, so your your meal sits around for a couple of hours, that's not a problem. So that was the second chore for today, uh, order Niji. And we both have our favorites already picked up, uh, sushi and um, tempura. And it comes, you know, maybe I've gushed on about this before, with everything, with soup and rice and salad and uh, uh, just wonderful things. And it's it's a treat. It really is. So that's another good thing. That is done. And then this other idea, and I, I don't even know where it actually came. You know, some things just sort of come into your head, they're there, and you know they're right. You have that feeling. I had that feeling with both the books I put out, that yes, the universe is giving me what I need, things are going along smoothly, this is meant to be. Well, the thing today was, hey Ken, why not drive to your favorite bookstore, right on the edge of Scarborough, just past uh, Victoria Park, so technically in Toronto, um, The Great Escape, and see if she will take a copy of your book to sell. And, of course, I walked in. I know her well. I've ordered books from her before. I'm a regular customer. I just wish I could remember her name right now. It's something crazy like Anastasia, but that's not it. I could probably find it if I looked. Um, And so she said, sure. Other people have done it. She cautioned me. They don't sell well. And I said, well, you know, the truth is, it's not even that I expect to sell any books it's just um, that it would just be wonderful to have my book on display in her store Uh, that truly was what I was shooting for and um, so there it is she uh, I took a picture posted it um, told her the price $20 if you're uh, if you're in the market and I'll I'll plug it on Facebook and uh, a couple of other places maybe so that uh, people, if they need a copy and they don't want there, it's available. Uh, she'll get a cut, so to make it worth her while. And um, probably I'll sell none. It was just a thing. Hey, I want my book in my favorite used bookstore. And uh, so there you are. And and just it just yeah, hey, that's a good idea. And then on the way home, I thought, well, I may as well go to Bluffers Park. And then just noticed, hey, wait a minute now. You're coming up on Rosa McLean. Why don't you go there instead? And I'm so happy I did. I'm not sitting by the water. We're way up on the bluffs above the water. But I'm sitting in this gorgeous park on a beautiful day, the beginning of September. And everything is just bloody well in my little world. And I'm sorry to say that. I know that sounds so insensitive. Oh, yeah? Easy for you to say, privileged person. Why do I even have to defend that? Why do I have to defend or feel I have to defend? I guess it's because later on in this podcast, I'm going to take on some touchy topics. Some touchy topics. (laughs) Now, there is a good title if you needed one. Touchy Topics. 
Uh, things about, you know, maybe I'll even get into ableism. Uh, I don't know. I, I may, may not. But uh, that's, um, that's where we're going to go. But for now, I just wanted to, I just wanted a nice start for change. Uh, saying how good I feel to have had things fall into place this way. Uh, I even found a parking spot in front of the store and, hey, it's Green Pea. And, oh, I can see the number. I can just sit in my car, uh, download the Green Pea parking app, plug in the number, push a button, and there, my parking is paid. Wow, that was so easy. It was, again, meant to be. That might be a better title, meant to be. What was it? Tricky Topics? No, uh, Touchy Topics. Touchy Topics meant to be. Yeah, anyway, uh, what's in the title? Uh, so while I was in the bookstore, of course, I looked for the Asimov book, I'm Missing Foundation and Earth, and she didn't have it, but she will look for it. i got to send her a reminder. Um, but I went in the back and looked at, you know, Hen- uh, Henry Miller and... Uh, um, I always look at the Kerouac, and they often have versions. Oh, I don't have that version, but oh, God damn it, I don't need another version of Big Sur, even though it's my favorite Kerouac book. Um, but she had a hardcover, Lawrence Durrell and Henry Miller, A Private Correspondence, edited by George Wicks. Now, it's got a paper, ja- you know, the jacket on it, and it says inside if you can believe this um copyright 1962-1963 by Lawrence Durrell and Henry Miller all rights reserved first edition and this is the um this is the um new directions uh Dutton it says Dutton maybe it's a first edition by Dutton I I don't know all these things you know well it's published by new direct all right published by Dutton E.P. Dutton and also published by New Directions, a listing of both of them. Ah, yes. So New Directions for the Henry Miller. And I've got the list. And, of course, I have everything in the list. Air Conditioned Nightmare, Big Sur, and the Oranges of Aranius Bosch. Uh, the Books of My Life, Glosses of Marusi, Cosmological Eye, Henry Miller Reader, Remember to Remember, The Smile of the Full Letter. Still, Stand, Stand, Still, like Hummingbird Sunday After the War of the Time of the Assassins, Wisdom of the Heart. There are books since then. Now, the reason I'm going on about this was I wasn't, I don't think, a huge Henry Miller fan until I got a copy of this book because I was a Lawrence Durrell fan and I was looking for books by Lawrence Durrell. I had just read the Alexandrian Quartet, Justine, Balthazar, Mount Olive, and Clea. And I believe the black book, which he sent Miller and Miller said, publish it. Um, so it was Lawrence Durrell via this book of letters that started me on Henry Miller. And since I've been talking about Henry Miller in the past podcast or two, um, it just seemed very fitting. Now, what are the odds of going into the bookshop and finding a rare hard copy of the book that got me started? Is that not just another sign that things are meant to be? You know, it's a game to some extent. You know, you you make this stuff up as you go along. Oh, if that fits nicely into the puzzle, and I like it, let's keep it. You know, that's that's true too. But a lot of life is a game, and and you make up the rules and you adjust them, and you 
you make it so that you you come out winning. And by winning, it doesn't mean beating somebody. It means being content with the choices you've made, the life you're living. Um, and that's really something that Miller writes about. Hey, your life is your work of art. So that little decision today to say, oh, why don't you drop by Great Escape? You haven't been there. You haven't met the new dog yet. Um, drop by and uh, see if she'll take a copy. So she allowed me to oh, put it on the stand here and took a little picture and uh, and cautioned me that, you know, these I've got some other books here by local publishers. She did say it would really help if you had a write-up in the local um, Beaches Mirror uh, the local newspaper that goes around that maybe somebody you know might have an interest and I said yeah that's yeah okay great um, but really what I want to do is there may be a couple of people in my church and I might say instead of me driving out to visit them which I could uh, and I'd get the full amount of money say well no you can go to here's a bookshop you should visit so anyway that's um that's it for today. I guess I've gone on long enough. And I suppose sometimes people go, oh, come on. You could have made your point in three sentences. Yes, I could have, but I wouldn't have much of a podcast, would I? I've got to gas it up a bit, folks. I've got to gas it up. Oh, I got an, also a great email on um, walking poles from the leader of my men's group. He suggested, look, I'm, I'm doing 10 kilometers a day now with these wonderful Nordic walking poles that, you know, can... I think they'd really help you. So I'm going to wait until I have my first physio session. And uh, I think that's the route I'm going to go. I'm going to get walking poles. And I thought, hey, why not come back? This is a perfect park to walk in. It's not crowded like Bluffers Park. And it's on fairly flat ground. Uh, This would be a much better place to walk. Just a little bit further, but that's fine. And, um, yeah. So all all is (coughs) well in my world. I'll say one more thing. Another shock for the day. I, I exchange emails with my friend Bruce every day. And, you know, you've heard me in the past. Sometimes I've complained about the fights I have with Barnacle Bill and uh, so on. But he has been my steadfast friend who saved all my letters. And uh, and we correspond at least once a day. He always knows when he gets up and checks his computer in the morning, there'll be an email from me. And I know there'll always be a reply, you know, by noon because he's three hours behind in Vancouver. And um, so he mentioned in yesterday's email, uh, you'll be going to um, Mossport this weekend. And I, I was going to write back and say, no, it's not this weekend. Uh, sometime middle of September, I don't know, after my son's visit. And then I checked and was, no, it is this weekend. I had completely forgotten. I had not put it in my uh, iCal that this weekend, Friday, uh, the race has started Mossport. I've, I've paid for three days of racing. Uh, and these are not, you know, this is this is some NASCAR and stuff. It's cars. It's not uh, one of the. It's not the uh, vintage races, and it's not the one of the big races that I would normally go to. But it's racing at Mossport and, and camping. Park your car in, inside the track up on the hill. So Sal and I will be going um, camping this weekend. So I may finish off this podcast. I'll get through all the uh, the uh, touchy topics, maybe. And put an end to this before I head off um, on my uh, weekend. Otherwise, I'll be dragging you to the races. So whether that's in this podcast or the next one, we'll uh, 
You'll just have to find out. Doesn't really much matter, does it? Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, the Rosa McLean Rose Garden and Park or whatever the hell it is. It's just a glorious place. If you're in Scarborough, Toronto, you don't know about this place. Well, you should. Bye for now. Ding, ding, ding. Check, check, check. And good morning to you. Uh, This is a change for me. I'm out on the back deck, and I seldom record from here. Um, It's directly below my son's room. Usually my son is home. Sometimes the window's open, and... uh, I don't know. I, I rarely record from home. You know that. It's always out in the car, out in the park somewhere, but uh, Naoko's gone to work, uh, Daniel's off at uh, somebody's cottage, and I'm here alone. My cat called me out. She's just been in one door and out the other. We've got a front and a back, and she's just been all over, and she's just restless. And basically, she called me out here. She went to the door and said, come on, come on. Uh, But I can't get her up in my lap. She's just... You know, the way humans get restless sometimes, not quite sure what to do, you know, is it she'll come in demanding food. Of course, right after feeding her this morning, she puked it all up over the kitchen floor. That's, you know, par for the course. Uh, and then wants more. And no, you're not getting more. You're just going to puke it out again. So now she's sitting kind of disgruntled on the deck with me, but uh, here we are anyway. So the thing, the reason you're getting this uh, recording now uh, is thanks to my cat. And the point I always make on the Dixon Jane's podcast is it's totally unscripted. It's, it's quite obvious. Um, but a lot of the content's determined by where I am and when I'm recording. Just, you know, okay, what, what mood am I in now? What's the situation? And that uh, really does affect what I'm seeing. So when Yuki called me out, first thing I did was grab my recorder and grab my um, Henry Miller book, so I'm going to start off now uh, with a, just a just a, a clip from uh, the page I happen to be at. Uh, Henry Miller has just found a place in Big Sur, and and uh, this book is sort of focusing on. It's called the Unknown Henry Miller, a Seeker in Big Sur by Arthur Hoyle. Um, in uh, so li- he's writing to um, his good friend. Um, Fowley. Um, So in the same letter, Miller expressed his gratitude for having settled in Big Sur. I get up with the dawn these days. I'm out on the road watching it come over the hills as I walk beside the sea. There is here a quality of the eternal, which I have felt nowhere else except in Greece. Uh, Greece, of course, is where he uh, went to visit uh, Lawrence Durrell, whose uh, letters, the book of letters about yesterday. Um, I shall be able to own a few acres of land and a house. Uh, now it seems as though, yes, now it seems as though I shall be able to own a few acres of land and a house. From this anchorage, I hope to sally forth into the world now and then by plane. I mean, to Europe, Asia, and Africa. Well, I didn't do. I don't think he ever got to Africa or Asia. Uh, But it does begin to seem as though I'd found home at last. Maybe I've just found myself. 
So the author goes on to say, if nothing else, this letter to Fowley shows a perception gap separating Miller, the Big Sur mystic and spiritualist, from an American reading public conditioned to think of him as a renegade pornographer. And the difficulty Miller faced in bridging this gap, given the elusiveness of his mystical underpinnings, of the mystical underpinnings of his writing. So people weren't getting Miller. They knew him, the American public knew him as he published those naughty books in France that were still banned in America. But meanwhile, he's written a lot of a lot of other books that are quite philosophical and reflections on life and about uh, his dissatisfaction with American culture and so on. Uh, and he's working at this point on uh, The Rosie Crucifixion, my favorite. But people don't get him yet. And uh, it, it, it was a struggle all his life. But uh, anyway, I'll leave that there. That's where we just happen to be in the book. And now I decided, because I'm going to Mossport tomorrow, the Canadian... What is it now? Canadian Tire Motorsport Motorsport Park. Um, I'd rather... Um, I kind of want to finish off this podcast and start a fresh one from Mossport. So here we go. Um, I'll go back. I touched on at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about the nice things people had said, some of the nice things people had said, besides congratulations. And I, I want to read one from Bruce Murray. From the birth of the Scarborough dude on the Bob and AJ show until now, you have been prolific, true to your own personal vision, and a proud member and supporter of the Canadian podcast community. Well deserved, my friend. Bob would be proud. And that is so nice. Thank you, Bruce Murray, because uh, those words touch me. And um, it makes me feel good. And, And the fact that He's talking to history. Yeah, I was. I was. Scarborough dude was born on the Bob and AJ show, and he said, "Put out your own show, Scarborough dude." You know, pissed off because I had sent in and what came across very much as an insult. It was meant to be a tease, and uh, given he didn't know me, he thought I was just some asshole from Toronto. <laughs> All right, now for the serious stuff. The stuff I was uncomfortable talking about, and I, I've made notes, and I'm going to go through. Um, in Hamilton, they toppled a, um, statue of Sir John A. Macdonald. Now this is all to do with the, uh, finding the bodies of children at residential schools, which is a horrific thing. Um, people are saying, why isn't this being talked about on our election campaign? Like what, what's the story here? These are run by the, mainly the Catholic church. Children were taken away from their families. They were going to be made Canadian. They were punished if they spoke their language. Their hair was cut. And they were, somebody had the idea that the only solution for um, the white settlers, whatever you want to call them, living on what was native land is to make them like us. And uh, it's quite a horrific story. And, and there was trauma. And, and worst of all, um, was the abuse, physical and sexual, um, by predators who were at these institutions? These were these; they were taken from the land and brought to live in these schools, and then just, uh, I guess you could say, beaten and raped at nighttime by some. 
and nobody has ever been held accountable. So it is a horrific thing. And it, it is another shameful story. We, we came clean about uh, taking Japanese Canadians, taking their possessions, their boats, their homes, their cars, selling them off, and just putting them in camps during World War II because of the threat from Japan, even though these were many of these were Canadian citizens. And we have addressed that. Um, and um, under, I guess, uh, was it Mulroney's time, I think. Um, but this has not been dealt with yet and uh, needs treatment. But meanwhile, so there's a lot of angry people, understandably. And so the targets, Ryerson is one, we'll, we'll get onto that, and Sir Johnny MacDonald uh, was the other. But my problem is I do not think any group of people has the right to go into a public park belonging to the people of that city, that town, wherever, and knock down statues that have been put up there long ago, especially of our first prime minister, uh, whether or not he was responsible. This is a decision that should go before a democratic process, a, a, uh, um, a city council, uh, and say, there's a, a petition here, or there are people who feel this is an insult to our heritage. Um, we want that removed. He should not be celebrated. But the idea that you can just turn it over to a mob, as they did in Winnipeg when they knocked down the statue of Queen Victoria outside the Parliament buildings, which I toured, I guess, um, um, almost two years ago with my son, fabulous uh Parliament buildings in Winnipeg and wonderful statues outside and I'm just totally against and it's just wrong you cannot have mob rule uh, no matter what the injustice is this is not the way to go about resolving these things and saying that Johnny McDonald is responsible or Queen Victoria whoever you can understand the frustration of people but it's the same when there are a black person is killed and there are riots in the street and and Buildings are just looted, uh, set on fire, property destroyed, property that impacts the people living there, like black people destroying black businesses and so on. Uh, it's just it's just wrong. Um, so I, I would just want to raise that point. There's an awful lot of either silence on this issue because the left don't dare speak up and say you shouldn't have knocked that statue down. Let's just be quiet about it. Uh, the Ryerson has changed its name. It's no longer Ryerson. Now there was a very, because he was involved in the planning for these, these, um, uh, residential schools. Now there was an incredible, um, letter to the editor in the Globe and Mail saying, now, wait a minute now, what do you actually know about Ryerson? And it was a study about what that man had done, what he represented, but suddenly, Without much research, the Ryerson University said, okay, okay, they've knocked down his statue, they threw it in the, um, I, I guess, the harbor in Toronto, cut off his head, and Ryerson said, right, we're no longer Ryerson, we're changing the name, uh, give us some time to find a new one. Meanwhile, it'd be X University. And again, without a whole lot of research on, okay, exactly what, the, and if, if what was written in this letter to the editor was true, They've made a very bad call in destroying this man's name and reputation. 
because it was done under public pressure, under, okay, okay, he's the bad guy, good, all right, right, all right, let's get rid of him. And this kind of caving in that's going on, and, and, and a lot of it is, it's tied up with the whole sweeping movement, there's sort of a, a, a backlash against anything that, that might be offensive to someone, silencing people. The person, the, the host chosen for Jeopardy, which was a terrible choice, he was one of the producers, I think, um, should never have been given the chance. He was a guest host, and then they were going to announce him. In fact, they did, that he was going to be the permanent host. And then the next day, there was such a backlash over things he had said in the past, uh, years in the past, that were offensive to pe- overweight people, to women, to whatever. He was not held up on charges of rape, um, you know, even sexual abuse. It was things he said that people had dug up and decided he's not fit for that job. Well, good. I don't think he was fit. I think he was a terrible choice in the corporation behind Jeopardy should have been held responsible for making a bad choice. But just yesterday or the day before, he was fired outright from all his jobs within this, uh, Was I don't know what network it was, but just, bam, he's cancelled. He's cancelled because of public pressure and it looks bad on us. And that is cowardly. Okay, don't you, don't, good, I'm glad you didn't, you don't want him to be the host of Jeopardy. Find somebody better. There are lots of them out there. But to dig up the past the way people are doing on anybody and canceling them is cowardly. And this is, this is just, this is an overreaction and this is not the way to go. Research, dig into Prince Andrew and find out what he did that was wrong. I'm not saying if people are guilty of something and there's proof out there, sure, do it. Um, child molestation, rape, any kind of abuse, uh, physical abuse, the cruelty of men against their women and, and wives. Dig these things up, expose them, do them. But when it comes down to words a comedian said or somebody else said in jest or in a private conversation even... It's just not right. This is this is wrong. So my beef, the same is going to happen with religious zealots. We see this happening in Texas right now, taking over. There's, you, you cannot have an abortion in Texas now. This is I, I'm not going to get into the details of American politics and so on, but it's just when you just give in to people who make the loudest noise, and that's, that's what it's coming down to. Down with uh, Sir Johnny McDonald, down with uh, Ryerson, down with uh, abortion rights for women, down with, and just make a big fuss and noise, and uh, because you're right. And now I hear people cheering on, the in America, cheering on the Taliban for sort of taking over and, and putting in place their brand of religion. And it's like it's an excuse for, okay, and now we're going to do the same. We Christian fundamentalists are going to do the same here. Because we're being denied our rights as Christians. Oh, my God. So I I guess what I'm protesting is this overreaction. I found the same was true around issues to do with uh, Black Lives Matter and a lot of the the new language that's coming out that, oh, you got to use it. Which which pronoun are you going to use? And I, I know there are reasons for this and for some people it might. But I don't... My son's going to hate me for this, but... I'm not changing. I'm not addressing. Well, if somebody wants to be addressed by a certain pronoun, if I have to use a pronoun and not their name, okay, but I'm not going to put in brackets under my Twitter handle what pronoun I go by. 
because somebody's made this at top of the agenda list. And the same to do with ableism and others, which perhaps I need to be better educated on. However, um, I over I, I reacted and I, I, I pulled out of our book club when suddenly all these white people are coming out saying, oh, I'm a racist. Yeah, I'm a racist too. Oh, I'm a racist. Oh, I didn't know I was a racist. Yeah, I'm a racist. And just reacting rather than even thinking it through because, oh, well, gee, yeah, I fit that criteria. Oh, I've thought that. It's like the thought police coming in and, and so on. You you can hate somebody's culture. You can you can despise a, a religion. You're allowed to do it. You can't go like people are doing at the, a mosque in, in Scarborough, right on Kingston Road in Brimley, right where the entrance to um, Bluffers Park, uh, breaking in and destroying and stealing things and, and desecrating uh, Korans and so on. This has happened a few times. I suspected it was just crackheads because that whole area is infested with crackheads. Oops, probably I'm not allowed to use that term. Um, and I don't know if it's just hatred towards Islam. Whatever, this this is wrong. Hey, no, you don't do that. You can dislike a religion. It doesn't give you the right to uh, break in and, and uh, beat somebody up or, or uh, spray paint the walls or, or anything else. You know, and there's a reason here. And I think we're losing that sense of balance and reason. And I think people are, it gets to the point, and I've been saying this for years on this podcast, where people are afraid to actually express their thoughts openly in case somebody's going to jump on them for something they say. <sighs> All right. I guess that's a bit. The Hubble image of NGC 1385, a spiral galaxy. You can see the galaxy's arms along the sides and bottom of the galaxy, with a brilliant core showing areas dense with stars. It's 68 million light years away. Okay, I don't know. I guess I, without any picture, I guess it doesn't mean much. But just, yeah, maybe this is the other extreme um, of people doing things in the name of science. And yeah, this is the side you want to come up, on, come out on. And this is the same to do with the vaccines, because unfortunately, the anti-vaxxer protests are growing loud and strong in Canada, in Vancouver, and all over in Toronto, of people, no, you can't tell me what to do, and pretending they are experts on the field of vaccines, and, uh, you know, they're taking away our rights and our liberties, when 75% of the people who are in a hospital, you know, are unvaccinated, I, maybe the figure's higher than that, with COVID are the ones who didn't get a vaccination and maybe 85% of the people in ICUs are the people who did not get vaccinated. And so people are losing their chance to have a knee replacement, heart surgery, all these other things. Um, people are, are, you know, they've had to postpone all these other surgeries because they're tied up with the, uh, the ICU units for people with COVID because people are refusing to get their vaccines and their vaccines and convincing others it's wrong. All right, all right, all right. Dumbing down of the population. Well, that is for sure. We've talked about that. Here is from a, a book Carl Sagan wrote in 1985. Let's see if I can read it. It's very small. Uh, and I, I'm going, I've taken this. It's called The Demon Haunted World. I have a foreboding. So this is 1995, so that's five, you know, 25 years ago, 26. I have a foreboding of an America in my children or grandchildren's time 
when the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all key manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when awesome technological powers are in the hands of a very few, and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues, when the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas or knowledgeably question those in authority. Knowledgeably question those in authority. When, clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes, our critical faculties in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what's true, we slide, almost without noticing, back into superstition and darkness. Oh my God. The dumbing down of America is most evident in the slow decay of substantive content in the enormously influential media. The 30-second sound bites, now down to 10 seconds or less. Lowest common denominator programming. Credulous presentations on pseudo-silence and superstition. But especially a kind of celebration of ignorance. So there's Carl Sagan telling it like it is now, way back in 1995. So... I guess I'm going to end there. Really what I want to do, as I say, is end this podcast before I uh, head off tomorrow to uh, to go uh, to um, uh, Mossport to see the races. I'm quite excited about that. It's a wonderful getaway. And uh, you'll be hearing from me from there, too. So this is Scarborough Dude. Uh, perhaps this is the end. I don't know. I'll uh, see how much uh, recording. I try to keep these to an, limited to an hour. Um but that's where I'm at. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought in terms of I thought I had a lot of anger to express. And I guess some of it is just plain disappointment with the state of affairs. And the caving in, I, I suppose there's the dumbing down aspect of it and, and really the failure of the school system and so on. Whereas other countries like Japan, you know, are, are you know, hey, kids get a good education. Um it, there are, there's room for improvements, and a lot of it's memorization, you know, not critical thinking, but still, uh, there's a structure in place, but again, that's Japan, and, uh, you know, we could do the same with the fascist, fascist government here, but we don't want that. But I guess on the other end, at the loosey-goosey end, uh, there's just a lot of plain... Ignorance and, and, and as, it, as it says here, this celebration of, of stupidity or uh, ignorance. And that's tragic. And, and it, 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 is it, you can't help but have a sense, a feeling that, wow, this is the decline. This is the decline of America. It's had its peak. It's had its time. And as we were talking about in the men's group uh, the other day, uh, Tuesday morning, the world is headed for a very, very big change. And, and when he was talking about change, he was talking about a breakdown of, you know, like groceries, food not being delivered. I've thought about that often. Like, wow, if all the groceries we go in when we go shopping and you find everything you want at a reasonable price. But that's based on computer technology of, of trucks picking up at farms and delivering things this way by rail and by plane and getting delivered to the grocery stores. Once you start breaking the links in that chain and you're sitting in the suburbs with an empty refrigerator, wow, 
and no way to get food of your own. And it's a horrifying scenario. Uh, and let's hope it's not true, but my God, I do feel for my children and, and uh, for whatever my generation is responsible for allowing us to get to this state. I am truly sorry. Oof. Scarborough dude. <laughs> what an ending. Uh, signing off for now, and uh, let's hope for um, better things to come rather than that uh, worst-case scenario. Is it possible to turn this ship around? There's the question, eh? What has to be done? Uh, And again, I've always said I I don't want blood in the streets, but there have to be. Capitalism is broken. It's malfunctioning. It's just wrong. The rich getting richer and the middle class and the poor getting poorer. This is, this is, no, this can't go on like this. It's again, go back to Downton Abbey. Hey, that whole system. That cannot last forever. All right. The cat wants me. Scarborough Dude signing off. Bye for now. Take care of yourselves and uh, do something good for somebody else. There's, there's the message, right? All, do what you can in your little circle of influence. Be kind to somebody. Do somebody a favor. Uh, love your friends. Forgive people for some of the stupid things they do if it's possible. Unless they need to be punished. <laughs> All right. Bye for now.